No Direction Network presents Pfizercon 2022 Seminar Coverage. For more great convention coverage, check out NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to PaizoCon 2022 and our Paizo Organized Play What's New in 22 panel. Uh, I am coming to you live from PaizoCon at the Doubletree Hotel in Seattle, Washington. Uh, my name is Alex Spival. I am Paizo's Organized Play Coordinator, and I am here with three of my friends who I will have introduced themselves in just a moment to talk to you about what's coming up for Paizo Organized Play in 2022, our Pathfinder and Starfinder Society programs, as well as some other fun products. We have a ton of stuff to talk to today. We have a ton of news to share with you. We're gonna talk as quickly, but also intelligibly as we can. Hello to our friends in chat. Uh, thank you all for coming, but I wanna start by asking my friends to introduce themselves to you, for those of you who might not know them. Um, so I will start uh, with my friend, Linda. Linda, how are you doing today at PaizoCon? Hi, I'm doing well. I am also here physically at PaizoCon. It's great to be here and seeing fans in person for the first time in years. We all exist in real life, it's great. Um, so I am Linda Zeiss Palmer, the development manager for Digital Adventures, which is organized play as well as other digital products like Bounties. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Linda. It's so it's so good to see you in person. Uh, the next friend that I have with me, uh, Jessica Catalan, joining us from Paizo North. Jessica, how is PaizoCon online for you? <laughs> it's good. I'm happy to be here. My name is Jessica Catalan, and I am the Starfinder Society developer. Which means that I'm in charge of our Starfinder and Starfinder Starfinder Society scenarios and Starfinder bounties. Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining me. And last but certainly not least, uh, Mike Kimmel also joining us here for his convention first convention as a as a Paizo blue shirt. Uh, Mike, how are you enjoying PaizoCon so far? It's been wonderful so far. Thank you. It's good to see people and. Uh, people I've been working with for a year and a half who I haven't necessarily met yet. It's wonderful to hang out with everyone. Um, but yes, I'm Mike Kimmel, Pathfinder Society developer. So if you have perished recently in a Pathfinder Society scenario, I'm at least partially to blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, there, there, there was a near TPK going on in the org playroom last night. And I had to tell Mike not to go too close to the table. I was a little bit concerned. You're um, in danger. But anyway, like I said, we have a ton of information to get to you, including uh, the the first ever public reveal of the Pathfinder Society Year 4 title and theme and meta plot. But before we do that, we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. We're going to make you wait till the end for that because that's how marketing works. Um, and I'm actually going to start off with a couple of pieces of news from my end and the convention. So I'm going to go off script, uh, which I know that our tech team loves. Um, part of my job is coordinating our major convention presence. Obviously, the OP room here at PaizoCon has been the focus of my life for the past month. Um, after this, the next convention that we're working on is Gen Con. Uh, we put out a call for Gen Con Indie GMs a uh, couple months ago, but we just last week announced that we are now accepting GMs for Gen Con Online. It will be happening at the same time as Gen Con Indie. Uh, information on that will be found in the blog that will go up next week, um, but it's also available right now in the Gen Con channels on the Paizo Events Discord server. So you can join us at paizo.events. Also, brand new announcement, never before said, this is my fun little uh, piece of information that I get to share, is that this year, after Gen Con, the next convention that I will be working on 
will be PaizoCon Europe, which will return in 2022 for all of our European friends across the pond. You will get your uh, very own European-focused uh, convention. There will be a small in-person component in Switzerland that you can attend if you are in Switzerland or would like to travel to Switzerland to join them. And then there will be a much longer, larger rather, online component uh, focused on the European time zones. So you will finally get to tell the Americans, as always, that no, you won't do overnight slots for us. It will be, um, I'm checking the dates, which I definitely should have written down. Um, it will be, I believe, August 18 through 21, 2022. Uh, GM recruitment will start in the blog that will get posted next week with more details. Uh, but this will also be the first chance for our European players to play the launch of Pathfinder Society Year 4. You will be getting the new uh, year four scenarios out there as well. So PyZocon Europe 2022, August of 2022. Can't wait to see you all there virtually. So those are my fun announcements. And now I want to talk to uh, my my good friend and uh, partner in crime, uh, Jessica Catalan, about uh, Starfinder Society Year 5, which launched today, well, yesterday, I guess, here at PyZocon. Uh, Jessica, tell us, tell us about the year of, of Redemption's Rise, sort of how we got here and the kind of stories that we're telling in Starfinder Society this year. Yeah, so we have some art for this if you want to throw it up. Uh, at the culmination of the Data Scourge, the Starfinder Society thwarted Historia Prime, but that was far from the end of their problems. Historia Prime's crimes had come to light publicly, which weighs very heavily on the hearts of both Starfinder agents and the citizens of the Pact World who were harmed by the Data Scourge. Um, this brought to mind another treacherous Starfinder, an unidentified elven agent who helped Datch in her character assassination against the Starfinder Society the year before. And throughout both these instances, Guidance, the Starfinder Society's amalgamation by AI, was unable or perhaps unwilling to assist the Starfinder agents involved. So in the direct aftermath of the year of the data scourge, morale is low, and many agents aren't sure who they can trust, which leads to some isolation along faction lines. So sparked by a loss of faith in guidance and life in a world consistently harmed by technological tragedies, uh, there's an anti-technological movement that spreads through the Starfinder ranks, and this causes even further divisions, particularly between its members and the data files. So faced with this, this shattering society before him, First Seeker Ehu Hadith embarks on a year of change. He opens the floor to all agents. He gives them a platform to voice their concerns and plans and ambitions and to lobby for change. New factions are founded, which is our advocates and our cognates factions. Minor factions, including them and the Manifold Host, are given a voice when they would normally be overshadowed. There are some reforms enacted and relationships are kind of beginning to mend. So the year of Redemption's Rise begins amid this change. So at the launch of Redemption's Rise, the Starfinder Society is struggling, but they are also determined to make a change for the better. That's positive change for the organization, for their members, and also for the galactic community that they belong to. This is not a season about agents fighting one another. It's a season about coming together to make a positive change despite our differences and challenges. It's a year to reunite the Starfinder Society and build a better society for the future. But of course, our plans for a brighter tomorrow aren't without opposition. Our Starfinders this year are going to face off against opportunistic criminals, internal corruption, and uncover clues regarding a secretive criminal organization with a centuries-old connection to the Starfinder Society. So this change and the opposition to change is what our season's metaplot focuses on. So 
Launching right now here at PaisaCon and PaisaCon Online, we have three scenarios for the Year of Redemption's Rise. Number five, one, Year of Redemption's Rise, is an introduction for levels one to four by Alex Fidel. During this scenario, for secret, I know, me too. <laughs> for secret, Wajib tasks the team of Starfinders with assisting three minor factions he believes are integral to the future of the Starfinder Society. This is the Advocates, the Cognates, and the Manifold Host. So you get to welcome some new recruits to the Starfinder Society on behalf of Harmony of Many and the Manifold Host. You get to destroy some lingering fragments of the Data Scourge on behalf of Royo and the Cognates. And you get to clear out a long abandoned wing of the Lorespire complex for Ziggy and the Advocates. All this on the backdrop of our Year of Redemption's Rise. Our second scenario is Road to Reconciliation. This is an adventure for levels three to six by Shay Snow. And this one is close to my heart. I'm really happy that Shay agreed to write it for me. So the Starfinders have discovered a relic of dubious provenance in their collection which further investigation reveals has been stolen by a famous long-deceased Starfinder of the past. And rather than bury the truth this year, Salida and Fitch dispatch a team of Starfinders to Kidel, which is the area of the sun on Berxis, to return the relic to the Strix from whom it was stolen and to offer the society's heartfelt apologies. But earning the acknowledgement of those who we have wronged takes a lot more than pretty words and the return of a pretty bauble. So forgiveness is a little trickier to come by. And this is a scenario that's about Starfinders taking the first step to a more honest future, but not the last step. And the third, a very exciting one, 5-3 Combatants Concerto. This is Fugue of the Traitor. This is an adventure for levels seven to 10 by Alice and Saib. It is a continuation of the Combatants Concerto storyline, which is uh, 3-11 into the Vescarium and 4-6 Combatants Concerto Prelude to Revolution. Um, this is also our first scenario to feature mech combat, which is very exciting. Uh, in it, the society travels to Vesk 6 to meet with Miu. This is a Patra pop star and leader of the Polonis Liberation Front. Miu asks the Starfinders to help her identify a murderous double agent she suspects is hiding among her inner circle. But to get to Starfinders close without tipping off that traitor, Miu has planned this mission to coincide with a second mission. The PLF is attempting to secure an old military bunker as their new base of operations. So Mia's called on the Starfinders to help. Unfortunately, helping a bunch of rebels is not really Vescarium approved. So to avoid the attention of the Vescarium, the Starfinders also need to juggle a public facing mission, which is to investigate the mysterious Shriek. This is a really fun scenario with a great cast of characters and some of my favorite art for our early scenarios. So I look forward to seeing how it plays out. Awesome! Wow, that is that 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 is a ton, and I'm super I'm super excited about the start of this year. Not least of which because I wrote the intro. It's fine, uh, but actually, if we can see uh, the second image, I would love to ask you a little bit about the three new factions, Jessica. Both in terms of like who they are, very briefly, but also kind of what um, you know what what ideas and what kind of inspiration you took when you decided you wanted to create these new factions. Yeah, so um, we have three factions. The first, uh, two of them are new, and the third one has been existing for a while. So the existing one is the Manifold Host. Manifold Host is a faction that is about bringing um, all kinds of people from different species into the society because every species brings something totally new and different experiences and different perspectives and all together that can make the society stronger and a better, tighter community. So that's the Manifold Host, and it is led by Harmony of Many. 
Um, we have also two new factions. One of them is the Cognates. The Cognates are very much born out of the end of the Data Scourge. If you've played some of our final seasons that year, you have already seen the start of this faction with Royo. Um, and they are a faction who believes that the Starfinder Society is very over-reliant on technology. And we have all kinds of other methods of achieving our goals, but we always fall back on technology and sometimes it bites us in the butt. So maybe we should spend <laughs> some time like recalibrating a little bit and put in some more uh, resources into our Starfinders who do other types of things. Let's focus on magical solutions, analog solutions, all kinds of other things that we can kind of recalibrate onto. So it is about all of these different disciplines coming together to form a more secure foundation for the society, which in the immediate future is less technology, please. Let's let's <laughs> maybe flatten that out a bit. <laughs> and then the last one, oh, that's led by Royal. Uh, and then our, our last new faction is the Advocates. And this is led by Ziggy, who is absolutely wonderful. And Ziggy has come out of his, uh, their recent uh, covalescence and just seeing all of his, uh, their, oh my gosh, their <laughs> fellow Starfinders just like fracturing along faction lines and all this infighting and the suspicion and everything just breaks poor Ziggy's heart. So they found a faction all about making everybody come together and we'll all be great buddies, it'll be fun. And also um, it's about bringing support. It is about advocating for all the Starfinders who feel um, that their needs are not being met, who um, need help, um, who, gosh, all of them. And then also advocating for, um, they also perform acts of like community outreach. So there's a group that will, you know, do all kinds of Starfinder charity, well, stuff. We've got one coming up this year, actually. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about this in, that in just a second. Uh, you know, I uh, I could talk about with you about Starfinder Society forever, but we have so much to talk about today. Um, but actually, that is, that is a really great segue. If we can um, get the next two images, if you want to talk to us a little bit about some of the upcoming scenarios that people will get to play in the next few months and some of the new friends we might meet very briefly. Um, I do also, one other thing, we, do, we did pull a couple of questions from Twitter earlier that I will be throwing at these people, but if you have other questions, uh, we'll have a Discord after this, but throw them in the Twitch chat as well. And if I have time, I'll ask the panelists live on air. And if not, I'll save them for later. So, uh, Jessica, tell us about some of the upcoming scenarios. All right, I will. I'm gonna talk fast because I want to tell you about a lot. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, I know. Meta plot. There are six meta plot scenarios this year. So while we recommend that you begin with number five, one, each of them is its own standalone scenario, and the rest can be played in any order. So our second meta plot scenario to release this year is number five, five, boom block. Gambit, which we have some art for if you want to throw it up. This is an adventure for levels three, five right? to eight. I don't know. Yes, it should be whatever one comes up next. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> levels five to eight by Lyle Cap. It is, um, as one of our inciting reforms for the season, First Acre Ehu Hadith announces the closure of the Adamantine Bastille. This is a private prison that is beneath the Lorspire complex that has long been a source of contention and discomfort to many Starfinder Society agents. So the PCs in this one are tasked with overseeing the final days of the Bastille's closure, which is when the prison's most violent and dangerous inmates are being transferred from B-Block to the custody of the stewards. Prisoners like, you know, Dash, and uh, far, far worse. So that's this one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
if I had an apple, I'd eat it now for you, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next one after that, that we will be releasing is 5-9. This is Counterfeit History. Uh, this is an adventure for levels three to six by Letario Mammoliti. And in this one, when an archaeological expedition co-managed by the Starfinder Society and Kahadasar University, that is in the Mercs Republic, is imperiled by the Firewings gang, the Society wastes no time dispatching a pair of formidable Starfinders to save the day. Unfortunately, an ongoing internal inquiry reveals that these Starfinders are cunning criminals who've been using their missions to cover their, uh, to run cons. So a second team of Starfinder agents is set to the Mercs of Republic to bring these malfeasance to justice, to put an end to their schemes, and to salvage the archaeological expedition. And you are that second choice. So have fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a fun mission for me in that you have two missions, right? Catch the corrupt Starfinders, but also complete the mission assigned to those corrupt Starfinders, which they have probably botched. Uh, that's as far as I'll go ahead on Metaplot today. But as you may have heard, this year, the Starfinder setting is getting shaken up by the Drift Crisis. This is a setting-wide catastrophe in which the Drift stops working. It causes a ton of problems across all throughout the setting, and while the Drift does stutter back to some kind of functionality, it is incredibly dangerous and travel times are greatly lengthened. The Drift Crisis hardcover book is available for sale right now, but if you don't have your hands on it, you can also check out two panels recorded at PaizoCon yesterday about the Drift Crisis. Um, but this year, we have four Drift Crisis adventures releasing. One special, three scenarios. Each of these scenarios is a standalone adventure. Each tells a different kind of story about the Drift Crisis, and each is in a different level range. So first is our special, 499, A Time of Crisis. This is for levels one to six, written by Dennis Muldoon. It dives into what happens during the Drift Crisis itself. That is that very first day, the day that the Drift failed. So while traveling to a distant star system as part of an archeological mission, a Starfinder Society fleet is ejected from the Drift. They crash land on an unknown world, and it is all about banding together to survive. This adventure premieres this very weekend. So get out there, play it digitally for PaizoCon or live. Otherwise you can play it at GenCon or other conventions throughout the year. Correct. Five. Four. Fragment of the fourth. I have art for this one we can show. This yes. is a high-level scenario for levels 9 to 12, written by Isis Wozniakowska, releasing next month. The PCs begin aboard the Master of Stars, flagship of the Wayfinders faction, which is trawling backwards space for signs of stranded people, derelict starships, dangerous planar matter that's been ejected from the drift, and other kinds of anomalies. So our mission picks up when the Master of Stars detects an immobile starship familiar to the Starfinder Society. This is the Chronicler, a starship captained by a priest of Triune and an ally of the Society named Accordant Contemplator 16. PCs are dispatched to investigate, but this rescue mission will lead them far beyond the corridors of the Chronicle to an annexed drift beacon and into conflict with a group worshipping something known as the Fourth. So this picture here is for Nynaeme, which is one of the characters you can meet throughout this adventure. I really like them. Uh, and awesome. we have... Yeah, give us give us the other oh, two what? titles very briefly. Uh, but I, 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 I want to make sure that we have time for other stuff, so... 5-7 Plater Bloom. It is a mid-level one written by Joe and Hang. It's going to be amazing. Did I say Hang? I'm so sorry. Hong. <laughs> and 5-14, which is a uh, low-level one. It's coming out way near the end of the year, and I'm giving nothing further on that. 
Awesome, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, play that back at like half speed uh, and we'll get all the information. Thank you so much, Jessica. If you have more questions for her, drop into the Discord where she can tell you more about the scenarios. But we simply must move on. We have other things to talk about. And I would like now to talk uh, to my friend and colleague, uh, Linda Zayas Palmer, about some of our other digital adventures because we don't just have Pathfinder and Starfinder Society. We have a number of other digital adventures. So, uh, Linda, can you talk briefly about the different kinds of other adventures we release. Yes, that's right. Well, Jessica already started me off by talking about the uh, by talking about the adventure that's releasing right here at uh, at PaizoCon, the interactive special for Starfinder. But we have not one but two adventures that start off digital adventures that start off from the premise: Where were you on the day that the drift crisis happened? So, if you play the interactive video special, you'll see. You were you were just on your way to an archaeological expedition and then bam crash land on a planet. If you want to see another story for what happens when you get hit by a rippling wave of drift stuff, uh, we have one shot before the storm that was re that's released uh, playing for the first time last night and it's going to go out to folks as a whole here in just a couple of days. Um, and in this story, you're, uh, you are crash landing into another ship and something on that ship has gone terribly wrong. And that adventure was written by uh, Jake Tondro, who uh, was at the time on the Starfinder team and so and was very heavily involved in the, uh, the adventure path. So uh, it, and very it's a very natural start for folks who are looking for a here's where we were and then the drift happened and then we go and do like this other adventure path or this other story. So it ties in very well. Um, and in terms of interactive specials, uh, we also have uh, another one that's going to be coming up at Gen Con, which is uh, Pathfinder Society Scenario 398 Expedition into Pallid Peril by Rigby Bendel. This is a, um, this is a really classic, um, try to find a lost city adventure that's delving into uh, the ruins beneath a dormant volcano. And um, in, this, in this adventure, the Pathfinder Society thought they'd have plenty of time to get, to get set up and take their time with it. But uh, somebody went and told the Aspis Consortium about this site and the Aspis Consortium wants to get to the lost city and plunder it for all of its treasures before the Pathfinders can get in there. So that's it is unprecedented. Both... Yeah, I know, right? The Pathfinder Society and the Aspis Consortium being at odds. Who's never heard of that? So you're going to have to deal with uh, some some ancient perils and some very modern, uh, very modern Aspis uh, Aspis agents. Both, if you want to be the ones to get down there and be the first living people to set eyes on a lost city in almost a thousand years. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, that's so um, that's taking place at. Um... At, at the place, uh, the Pallet Peak, where we have been a couple of times before in previous scenarios, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, those previous scenarios, uh, those previous scenarios cleared the way. It was something where, you know, the venture captain thought, oh yeah, here's just a little outpost. And then it just kept going and going <laughs> and going. And it's like, well, now there's Dwergar and now there's lava and now there's undead. And oh, this, this path, this path looks like it might be like, that might be leading us to a discovery that's truly worthy of the Pathfinder Chronicles. So it's always yeah, fun that's... to uh, to see those story leads that are that are picked up on from before. But with both of these specials this year, one of the the goals really, and Thurston uh, Thurston Hillman, who's the developer for these, he's not on this panel here today, but um, he's been really instrumental in uh, 
taking a look at making sure that the specials are something that is going to be super accessible to people without having played like the whole meta plot or being super familiar with all the all the stories and things like that. There's something that anybody can jump into and understand, you know, race for the lost city. You're here and you've just crashed into a planet. Now survive. You know, it's it's not it's very it's very approachable. So we recommend that if you're interested at all that you come on and, and jump in and play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Those are our interactive specials, of course. One is premiering at PaizoCon and one uh, at GenCon. They're great to, to get a bunch of tables together and be playing all at once. But we do also have some some shorter adventures if you want to talk about our, our bounty line, Linda. Yes, that is true. So uh, for this month, we have uh, bounty number 19, Grim Tidings. Uh, you might have guessed from its name that this is not a cheerful adventure. This is uh, a bounty that involves grisly murders that have haunted a small town in Irisen. And it is up to you to figure out what's going on before you are next. <laughs> Safe people. Um, so that one has that one's just come out here. Um, and then we have also got a bounty on the Starfinder side in July. Uh, Starfinder bounty number four, Poacher's Prize. Uh, thanks to the wonders of genetic engineering, an extinct species has been brought back. But the animals have now been abducted by poachers. Uh, so it's going to be up to you to track them down and to recover them before it's too late. And uh, then in August, on the Pathfinder side, we have, uh, we have a bounty that very much tells a story that we couldn't really tell so easily within the society context because, well... The Aspis Consortium's back, but uh, this time the Aspis Consortium uh, has heard that there's a shipment they've received that may be really dangerous. You know, maybe it's filled with hideous traps or otherwise not particularly safe. So, so they're they're going around looking for some people they can pay to uh, to take care of that whole inspection for them. So, uh, and that, that eventually you were hired uh, to to take a look and. Uh, and hopefully to uh, hopefully to come out on the better end of that deal with the Aspis Consortium. Uh, so, so what I'm hearing is that the Gen Con this year is going to be really big on Aspis all of a sudden. <laughs> yes. So uh, the bounty Pathfinder 19, the Grim Tidings, is by Kat Evans. Pathfinder 20, that one's called Burden and Blood Cove, that Aspis one, is by uh, Dana Ebert. And um, then the Starfinder one, Poacher's Prize, uh, one moment, I thought I had it up here. Ah, yes, is by Shan Wolf. Yes, fantastic. And I'm looking forward to those. And I want to jump slightly away from our adventures um, and to talk with you sort of at a high level about something that we do in, in uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder society. We have this sort of uh, currency called achievement points that people earn when they play games. And they can spend those achievement points on different boons in the stores to unlock new character options to bring their character back from the dead if Mike's scenario is too hard and he TPKs the party. Uh, you know, anything like that. Um, and the chat has teed me up very well for this question. Um, uh, Hillary Moon Murphy, uh, a, a name familiar to many of us, asked in chat uh, that recently she and many other people have noticed that there has been a dramatic increase in the amount of achievement points that everyone has. Was that intentional or did we break something, Linda? That was very much intentional. That is something that we've been talking about for a little while. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody has a chance whenever they whenever they come in, whether they've been playing for a while or they're just starting. If they say, hey, you know, 
this this ancestry is really cool. I want to play this ancestry or these are these kind of options that I want to play that you can just get in there and and build them out and play it uh, to 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 really to thank everyone for participating and to uh, and to make those options more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. So we I, I think we, we worked with our, our wonderful tech team who puts up with our requests to create kind of a, a new player grant, right? That uh, every every account that already exists and every new account that is created will start with 80 achievement points for both programs that they can use to bring characters back or to, to get a shiny new ancestry and just make sure that they can realize their dreams immediately in society play. Yes, that's right. So we are super excited to we are super excited to have that dropping right here at PaizoCon for all of you. Yes, absolutely. We're we're you know we'll 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 have a blog about this soon and you know talk about these things. Um, but we wanted to let you know now. Um, so thank you um, so much, Linda. I think we touched on most of the things that we wanted to talk about for the moment. And so now before we go to the Q and A at the end, I mean I guess I should talk to Mike. Like I guess I don't know. Um, talk to Mike. Mike. You're the Pathfinder Society developer. Is there like Anything new or exciting that we should know about Pathfinder Society lately? Do you like know what's happening in year four that you want to share with us, maybe? Ah, finally. <clears throat> well, I've been waiting for this for um, like a long time. So uh, Pathfinder Society year four will be launching at Gen Con this year. And uh, I have been the developer throughout the year of Shattered Sanctuaries, but uh, that was originally conceived by our Pathfinder Society developer, Thurston Hillman. So while it has been a joy and a pleasure to work on year three, uh, year four will be the first one that I sort of built from the ground up myself. And this was quite a task, uh, right? Stepping in to fill the shoes and plan out an entire season of organized play. So when I was originally planning what year four, what the theme would be, I looked back and thought about where we had been before. And Linda has heard this like three times. So I'm sorry, Linda, but you get to hear it again. <laughs> so um, year one, uh, I thought of um, as spring. I started to think of the seasons of Pathfinder Society as real world seasons throughout the year. So year one, year of the open road, of course, new beginnings and uh, rebirth. So I, I thought a lot about, well, that's, that's like spring. Year two, year of corruption's reach, uh, thus would be summer. It was a grand adventure, uh, big, exciting expedition into a distant land, lots of fire too. <laughs> um, and so naturally, year three, year of shattered sanctuaries was autumn, a time of reflection on the past, preparing for things to come, uh, and kind of being um, in that sort of self-reflective state on the past of the society and um, trying to figure out um, how to clean up problems around the lodges um, and reflecting on things the society had done and how it might do different things in the future. So naturally, year four would then be winter. And the original way I was thinking about it was that, of course, winter is a time of darkness and loss and despair and regrets and uh, cold and... Um, I decided I didn't want to quite head in that direction. Uh, winter is also a time of coming together with family and of hope and light and celebration and gifts and shiny things in many cultures. And so 
I would like to um, announce that Pathfinder Society Year 4 is going to be the Year of Boundless Wonder. And I think we have some cool art we could share. Uh, so here is the symbol for the Year of Boundless Wonder. And uh, we will be looking at the exciting stories in Year 4 of this trove of magical relics that the Pathfinder Society will come across in the dramatic conclusion to year three. Uh, and the society will suddenly have this treasure trove of interesting artifacts, intelligent items, intelligent creatures, mysteries that they need to solve. And it'll be up to the society to decide, what do we do with these items? What are their powers? Where did they come from? Who created them? And who is this very sinister, evil person coming from the society's past who also wants these items for nefarious reasons? And what is their plot? And how do we stop them? So let's take a look um, at, uh, I think we have some cover art to share as well that might give you a little bit of the vibe we're going for with this season you may recognize a character from the society's past here on the cover. Zarta Dralneen, the Grand Archivist herself, who has been tasked with sort of leading the charge here with this trove of wondrous things. And who's that in the background? Is that rain and cloudy day that I spot chatting with? What is that? Is that a weird glowing skull thing? What is that? Who is that? What does that do? Um, I hope you're as excited as I am to find out because uh, I have some very awesome authors telling some very exciting stories. And um, I hope you are as excited as I am for the year of boundless wonder. Absolutely. I am I am super excited, Mike. How does it feel to say that out loud on stream for the first time? Does it feel good to finally not be holding good. on to that secret? Yes, because every conversation I have about year four, you know, for the last six months has been, it's the year of uh, <laughs> redacted <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so now I can actually yeah. say it to everybody and not worry about it. So it feels very good to finally announce this. I've been working very hard. We have several authors who've been working very hard. Lots of contributions from the rest of the team here at Paizo and various brainstorming meetings. And um, it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm super I'm super excited for for this year of Boundless Wonder. We're going to be launching it with three scenarios at at Gen Con this year that we'll be uh, launching at the beginning of August. Um, but Mike, you know, you're talking about this. This treasure trove that the society is going to to stumble across at the end of the year, and I certainly don't want to know how they stumble across it. But can you give us a teaser for any of the any of the things that might be in in that treasure trove? Because it sounds like there's some cool stuff in it. Uh, yes, um, there is. Let's see. A couple of our early meta plot scenarios will feature a magical dagger that is somehow pointing to something hidden buried in the remote deserts of Thuvia, something or someone. And so we're going to have to go see what that is before our nefarious foe gets there first. Uh, we have another object that uh, is very talkative and rain and cloudy day is having an interesting conversation with that 
object, which may or may not actually be a creature or person of some kind who has a lot to say and likes to fling around um, some hilarious puns and insults as well. <laughs> uh, at least um, the author has given me lots to work with on, on that <laughs> front. <laughs> we'll put it yes, that way. It so it's going to be glorious. <laughs> and um, we get to find out who they are and what their story is uh, in one of the early scenarios. Um, uh, so there's, a, there's have... a very important question from from chat actually. Before you tell us more more spoilers about treasure, um, Kitsune Warlock would like to know what the purple drink in the chalice tastes like. Ah, yes. Well, you'll have to find out. I wonder if there will be any consequences for drinking or not drinking the weird stuff that's in the weird chalice that is on the cover art there that Zarta is holding and is also the the symbol for the entire season. I, impossible to say. I, I suppose we will have yeah, to find out. I don't know. Gosh, I, I whoever would. Yeah. On that scenario. Um, so a question that I pulled um, from Twitter as well that I'm adapting slightly a little bit, so sorry, friend. Um, uh, at Noland Void, Noel as in the creature, which I think is a very good name, um, Noel and Void uh, would like to know, and sort of, you know, we've talked about the new factions for Starfinder Society, and Noel and Void would like to know if there are any shakeups in the factions, any new ones coming, anybody looking for a spell, or sort of what their what, what their kind of view on this treasure hoard is. Mm. We are very interested this year in looking at what the different factions um, want to do with these items, right? We obviously have uh, factions who you know, the Vigilant Seal is very interested in making sure that none of these items are going to explode in the society's face. <laughs> um, and, and with a nefarious enemy also looking for these items, it's very important that not only we, we find out what they're for, but that we keep them out of this individual's hands. Um, but there's other factions who uh, might want to you know, uh, pursue grand stories, right? And go off and do horizon hunting type things and, and uh, uh, use the items perhaps for glorious deeds and to, or to help the, the world, right? And so uh, we won't see any new factions right away at the beginning of the season. I do have some longer term plans um, to, uh, to develop here. Um, so same factions uh, here at the beginning of the season, but they will be featuring much more heavily than they did in year three, which was lots of stories about the lodges as the sort of center focus. We're going to take the factions and make sure that what they have to say about these items is more of a center focus than it has been for year three. Awesome. Well, I love that. Well, definitely look out for the the year of, of boundless wonder coming soon to conventions and game stores and scenarios near you. It's very exciting. Um, I want to take some time here uh, and take a few questions that came from the fan community ahead of time. And if you have other questions, like I said, drop them in the chat, chat or catch us on Discord afterwards. Um, but I have a question for Jessica um, about Starfinder Society to give Mike a break. Uh, at Wollaberry on Twitter asks if we're going back to Salvation's End and uh, what the status of Sparkle Mane might be if she was recycled, if she's working for the Vault Lord now. So will we see more of Salvation's End in year five? Uh, yeah, I can confirm we are going back to Salvation's End in the Year of Redemption Rise. That will be in number 510, Shadow of the Vault Lord. It is an adventure for level 9 to 12 written by Matt Duvall. 
in this one, you are playing as an elite group of Starfinders called Salvation's End to convince residents of a vault that they need to evacuate. Uh, but they've already fought off the Vault Lord, and they're not scared at all. So please, like, no. So uh, <laughs> you're tending to try to try to convince them before it's too late. But meanwhile, the Vault Lord's plans for conquest are kind of moving into the next phase. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, as to the state of Sparklemane, I can tell you she is not in 510. But I can also say I adore Sparklemane. So I have not forgotten they exist. <laughs> Fantastic. So maybe seeing Sparklemane at some point in the future, perhaps. <laughs> Love that. Um, let's see. I'm going to throw this one to Linda because it's kind of about uh, both programs and sort of our other adventures as well. Um, at Jimtopia on Twitter would like to know if we're going to see more high-level scenarios this season at all. Uh, meaning, meaning 12 plus, but I guess high-level is in the eye of the beholder, so... Yes, we are going to be seeing some more high-level scenarios this season. We've got a uh, we've got a nine to twelve coming up on the Pathfinder Society side, and we have an eleven to fourteen scheduled for the season for Starfinder as well. Very exciting! And eleven to fourteen, we've we've had a couple of those, right? That's not the first one, right? I don't think it's our very first, but <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, think, but right. but it's it's definitely one of the first. Absolutely. So yeah, definitely some, some high level content uh, coming out to all of you all. Um, let me let me throw this one at all three of you, actually. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Be a little, Matt... be a little more specific. We've got a we've got yeah. So that uh, the Bolt Lord one is is a high level one, and then we've got uh, we've got one in March. Is the awesome. going to be our eleven to fourteen for Starfinder? Awesome. Um, let's see, at Madcap Science on Twitter, uh, and I'll say, I'll start with Mike, and then we can go down the line. Uh, what is one of your, your favorite plot lines in, in organized play that we've done so far, or maybe that we haven't done so far? I don't know if you want to <laughs> tell us about something new that's coming, but what's one of your, your favorite plot lines that you really enjoy? I'll start with Mike. It's an ongoing plot line that I'm very proud of, um, and it's the, the meta plot arc taking place in Kadira. It's um, Foundation's Price and Fury's Toll. This is kind of a two-part um, arc that we had, which has started the story of an interesting uh, genie and genie binder in the city of Sedek, which um, was kind of one of my first major contributions to the meta plot. And thus, uh, I was nervous about it, right? Very apprehensive about how it would be received. And it seems to have been received very well, which is very, very pleasing. Um, and people are loving the characters and interested in what happens next for them. So we'll be, we'll be seeing what that is hopefully soon. Awesome. Uh, Jessica, share with us some of your favorites. My favorite adventures tend to be the biggest, the wildest, the goofiest ones. So I really like the Salvation's End series. Anything with Strawberry Machine Cake and Zoe always makes me laugh. For big storylines for Starfinder, I'm a huge fan of the Scoured Stars one. I look forward to having a chance to revisit the Scoured Star systems in the future. For Pathfinder scenarios, I love anything with Dolok Darkfur or King Zuskut. <laughs> Uh, I really liked the Mysteries Under Moonlight series, too, from near the end of uh, First Edition Society. It was lots yeah. of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would love to see Strawberry Machine Cake again. Can we get them in a scenario soon? You know what? I, you know, I think I can do that. Uh, we have... Segway. We have a <laughs> mini story 
going on that I will quickly touch on. This is the Tarnished Legacy. It is a two-part arc, beginning with 5-6, Tarnished Legacy, Historia's Holdout by Hilary Moon Murphy. It's an adventure for levels 1 to 4. And in this one, you kind of like, uh, we have discovered a complex that used to belong to Historia Prime on Absalom Station, and you get to go in, figure out what the heck is going on, and we assume something bad, so shut it the heck down. Uh, and then after this one, we take our place and we renovate it into a big performance hall. Uh, so in 5.8, it's Tarnished Legacy Star Sugar Superstar. This is for levels one to four by Emily Parks. And it is a giant uh, battle of the bands. So you, uh, Absalom Station becomes like a hot spot for Drift Crisis refugees. So the advocates decide to organize a music competition to entertain all the dispirited populace. Uh, and it is hosted in that complex. So welcome to Star Sugar Superstar. It is a fast-paced battle of the band sure to excite lovers of all musical genres, expertly judged by celebrity musicians like Abyss Head, Strawberry Machine Cake, and Lita Star. And the winners of Star Sugar Superstar earn bragging rights to be opening billing at like the Drift Crisis Review, which is a weekend-long <laughs> music festival to, like raise funds for everybody who's stuck there having a bad time because of the drift crisis. So in this mission, you are Starfinder's tasked with ensuring that Star Sugar Superstar goes off without a hitch. Uh, and you get to manage the renovated theater, handle crowds and obsessive fans, tame raging egos, all that kind of stuff, mingle with Strawberry Machine Cake. It is a killer competition and I am so excited for it. It's gonna be lots of fun. I've decided that this is now my favorite plot line to answer that question. Um, before we sign off here, I will, I, 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 I will throw it to, to Linda. What, is, what, what are some of your favorite plot lines, whether future or past? Oh my goodness. I, I have run so many scenarios. It's really hard to pick a favorite. You know, I think, that, uh, I think that I really get most excited by stories that have a lot of different pieces to them where there's parts where you fight, there's parts where you talk, and there's really an opportunity to get into interesting NPCs. So um, one of the ones that I got to, I finally got to GM for like the first time in forever recently, and I got to run uh, No Time for Treason, and I had a lot of fun with that uh, as an investigation that's got like all sorts of interesting and fun NPCs in it in different creative ways that, that people can approach it. But I, ha I have fun with a lot of scenarios, but I like those ones that have that, uh, that mix. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm thank, so excited about I'm so excited about both of the new seasons. Like I, <laughs> oh, I just like every time I hear another idea out of every time I get another jet outline from like Jessica or Mike, I'm just like, this is the thing I'm excited about. Now this is the thing I'm excited about. So like you all are really in for a treat this year. They they are on fire with their ideas. Oh, absolutely. Building building product pages is one of the joys of, of my work because I get to go in and I get to see the new scenarios and I'm like, and then I get to share this with everyone. It's it's super awesome. I'm I'm very excited for for the year of boundless wonder, for the year of redemption's rise. We certainly hope all our players are as well. Um, we are coming up on our time here, unfortunately, for the panels. We're going to have to um, sign off shortly. Remember that we're going to be on the Paizo Events Discord server at paizo.events after this for an hour to answer more of your questions. So if you if you asked a question we didn't answer, head over there and ask us the questions. If we've inspired more questions, definitely head over there and, you know, ask us. And, you know, we'll probably be very cavalier with spoilers. I will, you know. I'll, I'll spoil things for Jessica and Mike. <laughs> they haven't allowed me. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> no but, you know, uh, join us. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's going to stop me? Um, 
but you know, uh, join us join us over there in the hour following the panel. Join us tonight for our Starfinder Society interactive special. Um, you can follow us on 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 the Twitters on on the internets. Those of us who have have the Twitters, you can follow Paizo Organized Play at at Paizo Org Play on Twitter. Um, and I think that's all the places to find us. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for, for joining us for this organized play panel. Um, gang, anything else we want to share before we sign off? Or shall we say goodbye and hop over to Discord? Thanks for coming, everyone. It's been uh, a lot of fun working on these stories, and I can't wait to, to see everyone play them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a, a good year. We can't wait for you all to see what's coming in 2022. But with that, I think the Organized Play team will sign off of the stream. We will head over to the Discord room, and we will see you all there in just a few minutes after we get up and stretch. So thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of PaizoCon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.